Well, it is so good to be here and to see so many familiar faces. And uh, my uh, heart is beats open Bible. So you need to know that my senior pastors, and I'm going to take some people back here, but my senior pastors were Pastor Oli and Evelyn Hansen. And yes, and uh, so they were such great mentors in the faith. And there's so many of us that have served in the local church, whether it was volunteer or on staffs all across this nation because of the faithfulness of Pastor Evelyn and Ole Hansen, and then Pastor Doug and Will DeTrenum as well. And so it has just been an honor to serve under them and uh, grow under them in ministry. And so my life took a turn when I was about 13 years old, very quickly, backstory, came to know the Lord through Bethany Open Bible and, and that relationship with Pastor Doug and, and Pastor Ole. And then I went on to what is now called New Hope down in Eugene, Oregon. Back in the day, it was called Eugene Bible College. And uh, yeah, come on, Eugene Bible College, and, and served there for four years and, and did my tenure of, of schooling there and went on into full-time ministry. And so ministry has always been a part of my life because I had great leaders who invested in my life. And I want you to know, I want to give honor where honor's due. You have phenomenal pastors in Mike and Christine. And so would you just give them a hand this morning for, yes, they are wonderful, wonderful people. And uh, I know that they are out of town, but they are praying for you and believing for you this, this morning and this week. And uh, so before we get in too much further, uh, it was already shared, but I, uh, I'm on staff at Motion Church here in town, and uh, we are one church with three locations, and uh, I've just had the, the honor to serve there for the last three and a half years, and uh, our senior pastor is uh, just a, an extraordinary guy who allows us to step out and do stuff like this and come and, and speak with uh, you folks this morning, so I'm grateful for that. Uh, I want to introduce my wonderful wife, Renee, in the front row. Would you wave, Renee? Yes, Renee. So Renee and I have been married for 30 years plus, and God has been so faithful uh, during that time. And I got a picture I want to have popped up on the screen here. I want to introduce the rest of my family. There we go. And so on the far right, there's my son, Kyle. Uh, Kyle just uh, graduated a year early from Southeastern University. And uh, he is now on staff at our South Campus location. And then just next to him is that handsome guy, is my new son-in-law of a little over a year. His name is Jared and my beautiful daughter, Danny. And then obviously my wife and I standing right there. And so we are so grateful. I have such a new appreciation for those who serve our country. Uh, it puts a new spin on it. Uh, when you have a loved one who serves in the military and is in, in, goes into harm's way. And Jared is a, a great young man who uh, serves in special forces. And so he is always on the front lines and uh, doing great things for us as, as a country. And so that's my beautiful family and uh, love those. And footnote, uh, I'm going to be a grandfather for the first time in September and my wife a grandmother. I think I'm more excited than everybody else in the whole family. That's what they tell me. Well, I wanted to title my, my, my talk with you this morning, All of a Sudden. All of a Sudden. And Pastor Mike said, hey, we're starting a new series. You can do that. And I said, yeah, I think I will. And then there was an all of a sudden. An all of a sudden moment where uh, 
Jesus really began to speak to me by the Holy Spirit of uh, talking to you about all of a sudden. Now, I don't know about you, but all of a sudden never come at the right time, do they? They never come at the right time. Think about this. Uh, how many of you have ever went in in the morning, put your key in the ignition, and you get a tick, 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 tick? It doesn't work, does it? It's all of a sudden. Or better yet, Jeff just talked about it. All of a sudden, you see those lights come on right behind you. And what happens? All of a sudden, your heart literally drops into your stomach. And that all of a sudden moment, oh, my goodness. It takes you to a different place, right? Because all of a sudden, your mind begins to think, what did I do wrong? Or what just happened? How do I get out of this? The all of a sudden moments never come at the, at the great time. They just don't. They always come at an unexpected time because they're all of a sudden. Well, I had one of those all-of-a-sudden moments when I was down in Lodi, California, and we had about 120 young people at Six Flags. Now, Six Flags is a big theme park, much like Disneyland, and we had all these kids, and we told all of them, listen, we had a Christian night and all these great bands, and we were just having a great time. We said, but listen, you meet at this flag at this gate, 12 o'clock. If you don't come here, we're leaving you, and your parents can come pick you up. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not joking. you got to be here or we're going to leave you. Now, mind you, we're two hours away almost from Six Flags. So if you're a parent on a Saturday night, got to come pick up your young person at Six Flags two hours away, you're not going to be very happy. Internally, as a staff, we said, listen, we're not going to do that. We're always going to make sure we have our kids and we're going to bring them home. And, and so we told our kids, make sure you're there. Had a great evening. Everyone meets get our head count. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We jump in our vans and we're driving home. My cell phone rings. Dave, is Gretchen in your van? No. All of a sudden, that moment hit. Called the other van. Hey, is Gretchen in your van? No. The other van. Is Gretchen in your van? No. The uncomfortable feeling that that brought over me in that moment, and we turned around and drove back, and there was Gretchen standing at the front gate with a security person. We had forgotten Gretchen at Six Flags. Now, I want to read to you out of the book of Acts. If you have your Bible, would you turn there, chapter 9, because there was an all-of-a-sudden moment that happened in the book of Acts, and it was amazing. I want to give you a little background. In chapter 1, what stands out is Jesus leaves the disciples. He goes to heaven. And in that few days, Jesus says, hey, you're being baptized with water now by John the Baptist, but soon you'll be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And then the day of Pentecost happens, and there's an outpouring. The Bible says, suddenly the sound, like a blowing and violent wind, came over and filled the entire house. So there was another suddenly moment that happened. And then it goes on, a little bit more background, that the disciples were teaching that the Holy Spirit is so imperative for living this, Christian, this new Christian faith. And that in Acts 2.4.2, it talks about the whole idea of this small community and groups and meeting together, breaking bread together and reading the word and fellowshipping. And the significance of what it started in this new era of, of relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. 
And Peter and John, for a day, were thrown into jail. And over that, thousands began to follow this person called Jesus and, and uh, accept the, the gifting of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And then Stephen was captured. And we all know the story that Stephen was very prominent. And Stephen would preach the word without any hesitation. And he would give the word and he would preach Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you need the Holy Spirit in your life to guide and direct you. And then Jesus, or and then Saul, excuse me, comes along in here and he authorizes the death virtually of Stephen. So let's look at chapter 9, verse 1. Here we go. Pull this up for you. Meanwhile, Saul is still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for the letters of the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether it was men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, everyone say suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you? Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless as they heard the sound did not see anything. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind. He did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple by the name of Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord said to him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. Say that ten times fast. And ask for the man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Interesting. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard the reports of this man, and he, he, all he wants to do is harm. He has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, you go. This is my man chosen, or my, excuse me, this, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer in my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hand on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to me on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again, here it is, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, again, suddenly moment, something like scales fell from his eyes. And he could see again. He got up, and he was baptized. And after taking some food, drink, he regained, he regained his strength. Let's pray. Father God, 
It is such an honor to be in your presence this morning and know that you care so deeply for us. And Lord Jesus, we ask that as we dig into your word this morning, that this man by the name of Saul, the church was on fire, first of all, and doing great and mighty things with this newfound relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit ever present in the lives of Christians. And there was a faction that didn't quite believe that way. They believed in the law. And so there was a conflict. And so Jesus, you resolved the conflict. And, and these people who so love you and follow you and serve you and this great illustration of your love and grace, Father God, you poured out your spirit and you changed lives. And so as we dig deep into this, Lord, that we would see how Saul is just like us in a lot of ways, that, Father God, you want to change our steps, you want to redirect our hearts, and you want to give us purpose for what you've called us to do. We're so grateful for your word, we're so grateful for your love, and we're so grateful for the cross and, and, and resurrecting three days later so that we might have life in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, this is what I know is that when Jesus gets a hold of our lives, we're changed forever. Amen? When Jesus grabs a hold of our hearts, we're never the same. There's a suddenly moment. And as we dig into the scripture a little bit, I want to I jump right in. And number one, if you're taking notes, in this process, here is this man we read about, Saul. And Saul was this... this guy who just had a chip on his shoulder and he was taking Christians prisoners. Now imagine this. Imagine if certain leaders came in to our local church and they got our database of all believing Christians who said yes to Jesus. And then there was another faction that would come in and say, hey, listen, they don't believe the same way we do. They come through your door at home. They take you away and put you in prison. That's what was happening in this day. Saul was getting the names from the high priest, and literally he was going home to home and pulling out these believing Christians who, who were following Jesus. And it says in, in verse 1 here, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats, so he was just going after it. And this is what happens. He goes in and gets this list, and he says, I want everyone who belongs to the way. Now, in the Greek, the way means uh, way of life. So it was people who were following Jesus, the Jesus way of life now, this new way of life. And he said, whether it was men, women, it doesn't matter. I want to take them prisoner. But then, I'll, as you know, listen, Jesus shows up. And he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, is Jesus directly persecuting him or the people? And this is the correlation I want to draw here. When Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? You see, now Jesus is no longer present on earth. He is living within the hearts and lives of his people. The spirit of the living God is right here. And he says, why are you persecuting me? Because when you, when you touch my people, you're touching me. 
Don't do that. And then Saul says, Lord. And in that moment, that sudden moment when that light flashes, he recognizes that Jesus is Lord. Now, Saul had a calling on his life, and Jesus was pursuing him. This is what I know, the significance of the redirecting of our steps when Jesus gets a hold of us. Sometimes it's so that he can just get our attention. The reason he directs our steps like he directed Saul's is because sometimes we just run from God. And when Jesus gets a hold of us, he changes our lives forever. Other times it's because he wants to keep us out of harm's way. Because don't you know, we love to be our own worst enemy, right? We do things that are contrary. Paul even says it. He says, the things I wish I want to do, I don't. So sometimes Jesus redirects our steps, like Saul, to keep us out of harm's way. And finally, on, on redirecting our steps, here's the reason. The voice of God came in a light. Now, when you look at Moses, God came to Moses in a burning bush. Saul, there was a bright light. It doesn't matter the darkness that we walk in. God will always shine the brightest light to get our attention so that he can speak to us. Okay? It doesn't matter what steps you've walked in this week, what you've gone through. The God of the universe wants to redirect your steps and lead you out of that. Number two, Jesus wants to redirect your heart. In verse 10, it says, In Damascus, the disciples, or the disciple named Ananias, the Lord called him in a vision. He said, Yes, Lord. And in, in this process, he says, hey, I want you to go. I want you to find this guy on Straight Street. Now, what a name for a street, right? And so I looked up Straight Street and what that looked like. Now, understand, Straight Street was this massively large street in the middle of city center and a mile long. But most of those streets in that city were narrow, sometimes filled with trash, didn't smell really great. But this is what they had on display. It was this beautiful, ornate place. And Ananias is being told, hey, you're going to speak to Saul, but you've got to go to his house. And he's on Straight Street. So Straight Street, and when you look at this in, in, the, in the historical preview, is very ornate colonnades throughout the street. And, and the people would come in and their vendors and sell things. You couldn't get in there without being noticed. Because everybody that was somebody lived there. And then you have this guy, Saul, who is there, which everybody knows. Because why? His reputation precedes him. His reputation goes far beyond him ever being there. And Ananias goes, hey, look at Lord. This dude already, he wants, he's been collecting names and numbers and, he, and he, he wants to kill all of us Christians. I, I ain't doing this. 
this is a this is on a mission for me to die. Ananias is saying, no, not me, God, no. Two times God says, go. Go. And he says in verse 15, the Lord said, go. He said, this man is my chosen instrument. Do you know that you are God's chosen instrument? I don't care what's your age. Do you know that you're God's chosen instrument? Instrument. God wants to use you. God wants you to, do, to be the mechanism, the person in place of making a change in the hearts and lives of the people that you come in contact with. And Ananias was that guy that God was going to use. Ananias said, God, I, didn't want, I don't want to do this. It's a kill mission. I'm going to die. And God says, no, you're going to go. But I'm going to bless you if you go. This is what I know when God redirects our hearts. People are the economy of heaven, not the currency of earth. People are the economy of heaven, not the currency of earth. You see, Jesus cares so deeply about you and I. Your story matters. You might think you don't have a story. Ananias didn't think he had a story. Saul didn't think he had a story. You have a story. God wants you to tell your story. People are the economy of heaven, not the currency of earth. Your story may very well change the hearts and lives of the people you come in contact with because of your faithfulness and your love relationship with Jesus. It's so incredibly important. People are the economy of heaven. They're not the currency of earth. And my pastor, he wrote a book about how God took him from literally knocking on doors and giving a little York's patty to people when he started what is now Motion Church, and he'd knock on doors, and he'd smile and say, Jesus loves you, and give them a York patty. Hey, I'm having a Bible study in my house. Because he knew his story mattered. He knew his story mattered. And we were sitting around the table talking about the name that we were going to put on this book, and he goes, no, no, no. He goes, I already have it. He said, you have to do the ridiculous sometimes to see the miraculous. Sometimes you got to step out and do the ridiculous to see the miraculous. Don't you know that your story matters? You see, God took a, a man by the name of Saul, and he redirected his steps as he was going into Damascus. He said, no, no, you're not going to do what, what you set out to do. You're going to do what I'm going to have you do because you have a story to tell. And he redirects his heart here. And finally, number three, he redirects our purpose. You see, this murderous, torturing individual by the name of Saul and, 
and this relationship with Ananias, I can just see where Ananias is walking into the house and I'm sure there was a caretaker. Now, I, I, I'm abbreviating here, and I'm sure he walked up and he said, uh, Saul of Tarsus, please. Because Ananias knew. In real life terms, don't we know sometimes we're so uncomfortable? When God asks us to do we're uncomfortable. It's not easy. He says, yeah, second door on the right. Okay. Did you say the second door or first door? No, it was the second door. Okay. And as he walks up to the door, I can just imagine his hand going to grab the handle going. Because what does he know about Saul? He's murderous. He's, he tortures believers. Hey, wait a minute. Saul, uh, Ananias is going, wait a minute. He's got my name. He already knows me. Stand at the door. Hand just begins. He grabs the door. He opens the door and he walks in. And a peace comes over him. This is what I, I believe happened. Now, this is Dave Naren's version. But you know, the Holy Spirit of the living God was in that room. And he goes in and he puts his hand on Saul. And he says, Brother. You see, Jesus already did the work in Ananias' heart. He already changed Ananias' heart to say, listen, this is my brother now. He's no longer my enemy or my foe. He's my brother. You have a story to tell. There's certain things that keep you from telling your story. It's fear of failure. It's fear that you'll be denied. It's the fear that someone might not care. It's the fear that, oh, they won't be your friend anymore. You have a story to tell, and it's imperative that you tell it. Because when you look at the story of Saul and Ananias, these caricatures, real people, when God says go, you got to go. When the Spirit of God speaks to you, you need to speak. You see, there's suddenlies that happen throughout our life. We don't always know when they're going to happen. But God calls us to be faithful. And, and, and as we're faithful, we are prepared to share in that moment, in that time, whether it's our testimony, whether it's to pray, whether it's to believe. I got a phone call three weeks, no, three months ago, excuse me. And Pastor Dave, on a Sunday morning, I need you down at the hospital right now. I'm literally getting ready to walk in to be on the platform that morning. You need to be at the hospital. So I bounced to the hospital, and one of our members who was supposed to drive the truck that morning for a mobile campus by the name of Glenn had a massive stroke staying at the top of his steps. And right before he passed out, he was leaning forward, and his wife said, in the name of Jesus, and he caught himself, and he fell back. If he would have fell forward, he would have died. And he fell back. And immediately, within five to seven minutes, the EMTs were there. He was good, talked briefly in the hospital, 
But Dale, his wife, was just distraught when I got there. Because this is her husband. And her kid's not there yet. No one. And Glenn began to have a bleed. And as you know, or maybe know, with strokes, that's not a good thing. They want to stop that. Well, as a few days went by, it didn't look good. Glenn, they said to Glenn, or to his wife, Dale, they said, I'm sorry, but he'll never talk again, he'll never walk again, and he may not make it through the month. And every day, we would go to the hospital as a team and as friends, and we would pray over Glenn and his family and his wife. And the doctor came in one time and said, listen, there can't be this many people in here. And we looked at the doctor and said, we are believing the God of the universe, the spirit of the living God, speak life, not death into Glenn, life. Two weeks ago, Glenn came rolling into church. And a hand a little bit shaken and just waving at people and just a big smile on his face. The power of the living God has a story attached to it. You have a story for your life. You see, there's a lot of immediate and suddenlies that happen in life. And we can relate it in this story. But the Bible says the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. You have a story. You have a testimony that you need to share. Maybe you're afraid to do that. Maybe you're afraid of what people think. Ananias was afraid. He didn't want to confront evil. He didn't want to confront the difficulty of it. But he did. Saul went from being a persecuting individual to a preacher. If God can take someone like that and take them from deep darkness and misguided religion and transform them into great faith, why can't he do it for you and I today? Romans 4.17 says, The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Listen, all I have to share with you this morning is this. Our God gave you a story to tell. You might think it's dead. That, that the dream that Jesus placed in your heart years ago, months ago, weeks ago, is dead. It's not dead. Let the Holy Spirit of the living God revive that within you today. Because that is the only thing that matters because when we understand that, that the sum total people are the economy of heaven, not the currency of earth, it will change our belief system. Now, there's a young man that I want to share uh, a brief story with you. Um, he had a suddenly moment. And... His name is Brandon, and Brandon's life and the sum total was this. He came to the United States because he wanted to help his family. 
His life was okay, but he got this wonderful job, and he was going to be, because he was the oldest, he was going to take care of his family of eight, meaning his parents, his siblings, because culturally, that was his responsibility. And so, he had an all-of-a-sudden moment that changed his life. Now, before we watch this video as they cue it up, I want you to know that God redirects your steps. He will redirect your heart. And he gives you purpose. Watch this story about Brandon. Brandon Afour, moved up um, from American Samoa, coming to the state, helped support my family, and um, I started working at the airport in SeaTac, and that's where I got injured in uh, December 26th of 07. That's why um, I'm on this chair right now. And I knew when I woke up, and they said I was in a coma for like a month and a half, I just knew it was bad, so. To me, it was to wake up from that and um, couldn't do anything for my family because I was the oldest. I just want to commit suicide because I blame God all all the stuff that happened. I was like, man, God, I thought I was I was your son. I thought you took care of me and stuff. And like something in me reminded me that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then I just remember that man. It's not God's fault. I'm, I'm still here. They had me in ICU. One nurse came in and, um, and she mentioned um, Foursquare at the time. And um, so I wrote it down. I'd say, okay. So on Easter Sunday, got ready, prepared for it, went to, um, to the fairground. Worship was on. And I fell in love with worship then. And, uh, and then pastor came on too, and then right then I knew it, it was home for me. When I got out the hospital, I went straight uh, to a doctor appointment, and I asked my doctor, um, how much longer do I, will I live in life? And uh, my doctor said, well, Brandon, probably uh, four to five years. So to him mentioning four to five years at the time, I was like, it challenged me to like, no, I'm continuing to speak life over my body and um, can continue believing God because I serve a big God. I know he's big, bigger than my problem, bigger than what I'm going through. So he's going to take me out of this. So now, 2018 is 11 years since. I passed five years, so still going strong and um, still believing that, you know, I'm still believing for my healing. Never quit hope, never gonna stop. But I'm still going through stuff right now. But it ain't gonna stop me because I know I serve a big God that took care of me since day one. The story of Brandon.
<clears throat> Excuse me. What's interesting about that story, because we had to cut that video down for it to fit what we were doing with it in our service, is that three years ago, Brandon, that was the Easter service at the fairgrounds that we had, and the backstory to that is Brandon didn't have any way because he had no money, so he would drive his cart a mile to church. <clears throat> this was his first time after a surgery that he was driving to church. Now understand, Brandon's life was good. He had a great paying job. Everything was right in his world. He didn't have a relationship with Jesus, but everything was good. As Brandon was coming down Meridian Hill, headed to our church for the first time, he got to the church and there was nobody there because he didn't know that Easter was at the fairgrounds. And at that moment, he said, God, if this is who you are, that people don't even have church on Sundays or on Easter, Brandon was going to take his cart and end his life out on Meridian and drive into oncoming traffic. And he was going back towards Meridian, and he heard worship. Did you hear me? He heard worship. He heard worship. And he came into the fairgrounds, and he accepted Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. And his life has never been the same again. And he has a story to tell about the faithfulness of God. I'm going to have the worship band bounce back up here just for a moment. And as they do, uh, I'm just going to ask in this room, you know what? Suddenlies, like I shared with you, they come at unfair times. Sometimes there's great suddenlies and you get surprised and maybe you have a birthday cake and a few gifts sitting on the countertop and it's, yeah. But there are other times when suddenlies take you by surprise and you're not ready for them. But I would be, I would be remiss this, this, this morning. We heard about a guy who was transformed by the name of Saul, later named Paul in our Bible this wonderful love letter to us and a guy by the name of Ananias and how his life was transformed. But I'm just going to ask, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and um, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and Maybe you've been coming here and you've never said yes to the Lord. I don't want you to miss out on your story. Jesus doesn't want you to miss out on your story. And so if that's you, in just a moment, I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hand. And that's it. And then we're going to get you in contact with somebody that's going to get you all the information you need to know about this relationship with Jesus. But this is what you do need to know, is that 
you matter. Your story matters. And it changes the hearts and lives of every person you come in contact with. So if that's you, I'm going to count from three to two to one. And when I, when I do that, I just want you to lift up your hand if that's you. And three and two and one. If that's you, just lift your hand up. Slip your hand up. Okay, perfect. Would you stand with me? And as... Before we dismiss, if you're here this morning and you believe that you've been struggling with a few things and you know that God needs to redirect your steps, he's been trying to get your attention for a while, and you've been stubborn to it. You've just been flat out stubborn. I know, I've been there. I've been there. No. No. Like a little toddler, no, no, no. I'm not going to do it. And I'm here to tell you, you need to say yes. That Jesus wants to redirect your heart maybe this morning. Maybe you have unforgiveness. Maybe it's that you, you feel like you've been burned one too many times. And you need the God of the universe to come down and meet you in this place this morning. And when he does, he'll give you purpose again. So this morning, if that's you, I'm just going to pray for you. And what I want you to do is I'd just like you to put your hands over your heart. If that's you this morning and you know that you've struggled with a few things and you want Jesus to redirect your steps So if that's you right now, just put your hand over your heart, and we're going to pray. Father God, I want to thank you for your great love and your great mercy that you reach down into the deepest parts of our lives, and you redirect our steps, and you refresh our heart and our spirit with your Holy Spirit, and you give us purpose to walk each day. That, Father, whatever we walked into this room with, maybe it was a difficult conversation on the way into church. Maybe we're struggling because we're in the middle of a difficult, stressful relationship or a divorce or maybe jobless. Whatever it is, Spirit of living God, I ask for each one with their hand over their heart this morning that you would speak life, that you would speak wholeness, that you would speak the story of the living God in them and, and breathe freshness by your Holy Spirit into their, their lives, that they would have a boldness like Ananias to go. Father, we love you so much. We're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. We're so grateful for what you're doing in this, this church celebration center. Oh God, pour out your spirit here. Do a dynamic work here that they're reaching the 253 in a dynamic way. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.